subject the Holy Ghost within you. Ha. The Holy Ghost within you. How many are thankful for the Holy Ghost within you tonight? Hallelujah. If you've come to the Pentecostals of Lake City looking for a word from the Lord tonight, you can just receive that as confirmation. God's about to speak a word into your life tonight. He's about to speak a word into your life tonight. Could we just lift our hands and receive it in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, we receive it, Lord. We receive your word tonight, God. Lord, touch each and every person that's come in need of a word from you tonight, God. Baptize us with your spirit once again, Lord. Let us be filled to overflowing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here tonight. There's no doubt about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 37. If you have it, why don't you say amen? Amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried. And our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit within you. And ye shall live. Everybody say, ye shall live. 
and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know, everybody say, shall ye know, that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. You shall know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight. I won't preach long about the Holy Ghost within you. The Holy Ghost within you. Why don't we give God praise just for a moment longer? Could we do that? Could you just take a moment and give Him praise? Come on, lift your voice and lift your hands unto God, Jesus. We praise you. We love you, Jesus. God, you blessed us. You've been good to us, God. We love you. And we praise you. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You can be seated tonight. God bless you. The Holy Ghost within you. How many are thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Amen. I am thankful for the Holy Ghost. When we look into the book of Acts, as we begin the book of Acts, and we see the ascension of Jesus into heaven after his earthly ministry, after he was crucified, hung on a cross, where he died and then was buried in a borrowed tomb and miraculously rose again. He then ascended into heaven and we see Jesus left the people of God, the church, with a promise. He left them with a promise. It was the promise of something coming to them, something that was going to be necessary for them to not just survive, but thrive as a child of God. And when I say necessary, this promise I want to emphasize was very necessary for a child of God. For there to be a promise, in fact, there has to be a need. So God would not have given us a promise when he ascended into heaven if there was not a need, if it wasn't necessary that we receive that promise. So they grabbed a hold of the promise. The promise, what they did not know much about, what we find out later in the book of Acts, was the promise of infilling of God's Spirit. The Holy Ghost. Amen. How many are glad you've been filled with the Holy Ghost? They had been holding on to the promise and they gathered together in the upper room and most of us probably know the story. It happened. The Holy Ghost was poured out and those in the upper room were filled and when they were filled they began to speak, physically speak in languages they did not know as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They began to speak in tongues as we see it. 
and they were filled with God's Spirit. See, there was a need in their life. And that is why Jesus Christ, God Himself wrapped in flesh, gave them this promise. The promise was useless without a need. That's why for those today who say the Holy Ghost is not necessary for salvation, I would argue with you, why would God promise it if it wasn't necessary? Why would He give us a promise if we didn't have a need? But we had a need. We were lost and we needed God's Spirit in our life. We needed His Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Therefore, He gave us a promise because we had a need. We had a need. We read in 1 Kings a story about a young prophet. God told him to go to King Jeroboam and tell Jeroboam that God is just not very pleased with what's going on. They were worshiping false idols. They were worshiping other gods than the one true God. And God told this young prophet, go... And don't stop to eat with anybody. Don't stop and drink with anybody. Don't even go back the way you go into town. When you come out of town, don't even go back the same way. This needs to be a quick trip. A quick mission. You need to do what I tell you to do. And then you need to get out of there. God told the prophet. The young prophet then followed the word of God. He went straight to Jeroboam very boldly and said, Thus saith the Lord, God is displeased with this show of blatant disrespect and idolatry. He's going to bring judgment upon you. And there will be a king rise up named Josiah. And he will absolutely bring the righteous indignation of the Lord upon this land and upon what you're doing here. Jeroboam lifted up his hand to order the young prophet's execution. But when he did, the Bible says, his hand withered. And the ashes of the altar broke on the ground. This showed Jeroboam that this young prophet was indeed a prophet, a man of God. Jeroboam immediately began to plead with the young prophet to heal his arm. And the young prophet did. And Jeroboam's arm and his hand were as good as new. The king, obviously remorseful, invited the young prophet for a meal and a gift from him. The young prophet, remembering the word of the Lord, refused. He declared that God had <coughs> excuse me, commanded him to bring the word of the Lord, but not to eat a crumb or drink a drop. And leave immediately in a different direction. He then left the king and headed toward a different road than the one he had come in on. There was an older prophet in town. He lived in Bethel. His sons came and told him the story of what the holy man had done that day in Bethel. They told him everything that had happened and what the holy man had said to the king. Their father said, which way did he go? And his sons pointed out the road that the holy man from Judah had taken. 
He then told his son, saddle my donkey. When they saddled it, he got on and he went after the prophet. He found him sitting under a tree and he asked him, Are you the prophet who came from Judah to speak a word to King Jeroboam? The young prophet replied, Yes, I am. And the older prophet said, Well, come home with me and have a meal. Sorry, said the young prophet, I can't do that. The older, the, the young prophet said, I can neither go back with you nor eat with you in this country. I'm under strict orders from God Almighty. Don't eat a crumb, don't drink a drop, and don't come back the way you came in. But the old prophet said, I'm also a prophet, just like you. And an angel came to me with a message from God that said, bring him home and give him a good meal. But the old prophet was lying. The young prophet believed him. A little inexperience, immaturity crept in. He went home with the old prophet and they had a meal together. So there they were sitting at the table together. The word of God came to the old prophet. God told him that he had in fact ordered the young prophet not to eat there and not to drink there and to leave a different way. The old prophet suddenly saw the error of his ways and he told the young prophet, you need to leave, you need to obey the word of the Lord. But it was too late. The young prophet made it down a ways the road when a lion attacked him and killed him. There he lay, dead in the road, after being tricked by an old prophet and disobeying the word of God. What can we see from this story? We see a man who listened to the word of God Obeyed the word of God and then started thinking maybe every part of that word from God was not necessary. What would it hurt? This is a man of God. I've verified it. What would it hurt to go have a meal with him? What would it hurt to sit down at his house and and share a meal. Really what will it hurt to go down the same route that I came in on? What will it hurt? Well, maybe it wasn't necessarily wrong. Maybe it wasn't necessarily sin in his life. But God knew there was a lion. God knew where the lion was. And can I tell you tonight as I preach about God's spirit within us that God knows where the lions are. God knows where the lions are. If you're simply here tonight in this Pentecostal church service and you're here and maybe over your life in church and serving God you have simply obeyed a list of rules can I tell you, you need to obey the Holy Ghost in your life. 
It's okay to have rules. It's okay to have standards. It's okay to have lines that we don't cross. It's not just okay, but it's necessary to have those things. But it's also necessary that we have the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us so we can stay away from the lions in our life. It's necessary today. The Holy Ghost is necessary. We have the need in our life to protect us from the lions. So going back to where we were, for God to leave a promise, there had to be a need. And that was the need. We needed God's Spirit to lead us and to guide us. How many have been filled with the Holy Ghost here tonight? I'm happy to say that I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. The initial infilling of the Holy Ghost is an absolutely wonderful thing. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost here tonight, I will tell you tonight, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with God's Spirit. When we see that story in the book of Acts about the upper room and after the upper room and the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost, God inspired Peter who had shortly before denied Christ and failed miserably in his life. God inspired Peter to become the great preacher of Pentecost and he stood before them and told them that they had sinned, that they had killed Jesus, and God convicted their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? How can we make this right? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he began to talk about the promise and how it wasn't just for them, but it was for their children. It was for those after, even those afar off. As many as the Lord our God shall call this promise. It was for everybody. Somebody say, it's for me. It was for everybody. This initial infilling of the Holy Ghost was a wonderful thing. But how many know today that we don't just have to be filled with the Holy Ghost one time initially. But that Spirit of God has to be maintained in our life. It has to be kept. We have to stay full of the Holy Ghost. We have to continue to let God's Spirit guide us and lead us. We have to continue to have the Holy Ghost in our life. The Holy Ghost brings a fruit out of our life. Galatians 5 and 22, verse 23 as well says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. This is the fruit of the Spirit, the things that the Holy Ghost gives us. The Holy Ghost gives us peace. Any peace that you have in your life, you need to thank the Holy Ghost within you for that peace. Any true joy that you have in your life, it's because you have the Holy Ghost in your life. True love in your life is only because of the Holy Ghost in your life. 
And how many of us know that real goodness, the only good thing about you and I, is God's Spirit living within us. That's the only good thing about me, is God's Spirit. I have to have His Spirit in my life. It's necessary. There has always been a need for it. And I have to have it. Say that with me. I have to have it. Amen. Maybe you've come to church today looking and waiting for a word from God. Let me talk about a word from God for just a moment. So many times we're seeking after a word from God. We're praying for a word from God. We're we're, we're praying for God to speak to us about certain situations in our life and, and certain trials that we're going through. And we're asking God to speak to us when sometimes we have our word from God, we just haven't received it. It's known as our Bible. The Bible is the word of God. That's not just a fancy word for the Bible. It literally is the Word of God. Every word, every letter in the Bible, every punctuation mark is inspired of God. And that is His Word to us. So if you've been praying for a word from God, if you've been looking for a word from God, I'm here to tell you tonight, just open up your Bible and I believe you'll receive a word from God. We have to value the word of God in our life. The Bible says that the word of God will last in our life. The word of God will last forever. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a good reason to hide the word of the Lord in your heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. They were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and guess what? The Word was God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. If ye continue in my word... And ye are disciples indeed. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. How many know that the word of the Lord is powerful? The word of the Lord is powerful. So we've talked about... The Spirit of the Lord. We've talked about the Word of the Lord. What happens when we put the Spirit 
and the Word together. Brother Larry, we talked about this in Sunday school quite a bit. We put the Word and the Spirit together. The Word without the Spirit brings nothing but confusion in our lives. It really does. If you talk to people who are in the Word but are not Spirit-filled, there's a lot of confusion there. I'm sure you know some people that way. There's a lot of people in this world who don't believe in God's Spirit, the Holy Ghost, but they believe in the Word of God, obviously not the whole thing, but you talk to them and they're confused. They don't have revelation of the Word of God. And it's because, not that the Word of God is flawed, not that the Word of God has anything wrong with it, but the Word of God itself is incomplete. Hold on, without the Spirit. You have to have the Holy Ghost. This is why prayer and Bible reading go together. We pray because we want God to reveal His Word to us. We want revelation from the Word of God. We need revelation from the Word of God. Without God revealing His Word to us through the Bible and through His Spirit, we'll be confused. There is a revealing nature of the Spirit of God. There's a revealing nature. God will bring revelation when we are filled with His Spirit. And when we are led by His Spirit, guided by His Spirit, He brings revelation to our lives. How many know that the Spirit of the Lord just doesn't make sense sometimes? When the Holy Ghost is leading you and the Holy Ghost is guiding you, you do some things that sometimes are just not logical. They don't go by human reasoning, but they do make sense in the Spirit. Because God is an almighty God. He's an all-knowing God. And He goes above and beyond what we can ask or think. Even imagine. It's the revealing nature of the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit reveals the Word. So if the Spirit reveals the Word, has that kind of effect on it, that without the Spirit, we would be confused by the Word of the Lord, but with the Spirit, we get revelation from the Word of the Lord, then what effect does the Spirit have on our faith? Everybody say faith. What effect does the Spirit have on my faith? Well, what it does to your faith is it brings your faith alive. It brings life to your faith. The Spirit brings life to a lot of things. It brings life to the Word like we just talked about. It brings life to us. It brings life to our faith. We can receive things from God through the Spirit, before we ever receive them in our life. We can receive things from God in the Spirit before they ever come to fruition. I don't mean to confuse you, but if it does, I've got a little story for you. I've told this story here before. When I was a teenager, I did not have the Holy Ghost in my life. 
I didn't receive the the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost until I was 17 years old in the year of 2001. And up until that point, I had three siblings who had all received the Holy Ghost at a very young age. They were all under, I think, about eight or nine years old. And they bullied me about it quite a bit. But I had not received the Holy Ghost. I wasn't a really bad kid. I was, I was somewhat of a bad kid, but not a terrible kid. But my parents prayed for years. God, you've got to fill that boy with the Holy Ghost. He's not a bad kid, but he's never going to make it in this life without your spirit living inside of him. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for years. And I remember many nights and early morning, I would wake up and my mom and my dad would be kneeling on my bed right beside where I was sleeping, praying, God, you've got to fill this boy with the Holy Ghost. You've got to give him a desire to live for you, a desire to work for you in your kingdom. God, you've got to give my boy the Holy Ghost. I remember many times they prayed that prayer over me more times than I can ever count. And I also had a grandmother who was praying that same prayer. God, you've got to fill my grandson Andrew with the Holy Ghost. It's my mamma. I talk to her usually about once or once every week or two. She lives up in southeast Missouri now. But I can count on it every single morning. My mamma, who's in about her mid-70s right now, will be up at about 4 in the morning. And not only me, but she will call every single one of her kids, grandkids and great-grandkids, name and prayer every single morning. Every single morning. She's got right at counting marriages, counting in-laws, she's got right at just a little over a hundred descendants now. And she calls every one of them at four in the morning by name and prayer. And I know my grandma would prayed for me my whole life. And she would pray every morning, God, you've got to fill that boy with the Holy Ghost. He's not going to amount to anything without your spirit inside of him. And she was right. And she prayed and she prayed. Then one time, when I was 17 years old, I was going to youth camp. I thank God for youth camp. If, if, you, if you're a kid and you've never been to youth camp, or if your kids have never been to youth camp, please send them to youth camp. Amen. If you can't afford to send them to youth camp, come see me. I'll pay for them. I don't care. They need to go to youth camp. I went to a youth camp though and it was on a Wednesday night, June 13th of 2001. I was down in Redfield at a senior youth camp. The Reverend Joel Urshan was preaching. And my grandmother was at her church in Donovan, Missouri. Just a Wednesday night Bible study. And probably somewhere between 8 o'clock and 8.30, something got a hold of my grandmother. 
And she stood up in church, and my grandmother's not a lady that would interrupt church. She is not a lady that would interrupt church. She would never do it. She respects the church, but she felt something in the spirit on this Wednesday night. And as far as I know, this is the only time she ever interrupted church. She stood up and she said, Pastor! And the pastor looked at her, surprised look on his face, no doubt. Said, yes, Sister Hawks. She said, I've got a word from the Lord right now. My grandson that I've been praying for a long time has just received the Spirit of God in his life. He's just been filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> My grandma didn't have a cell phone then. Nobody had texted her. Nobody had called her. But she had been praying for something. And right about that time, in Redfield, Arkansas, God filled me miraculously with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I thank God for it. I tell you that story to tell you this. When you have the Spirit of God in your life, the effect that it has on your faith is it brings it alive. It brings those things you've been praying for. You receive them in your spirit before they are even brought to fruition. That's real faith. That's real faith. For her to stand up in a church service and say, God filled my grandson with the Holy Ghost. That is faith. And that's the spirit. Of God. Let's love the Lord for just a moment. Can we do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As you stand with me tonight, I want to ask you a question. I told you I wouldn't preach very long tonight. About the Holy Ghost within you. I want to ask you a question. Have you been praying for something? Simple question, not a trick question. Have you been praying for something? Have you been asking God? Maybe it's you've been praying for it for a while. Maybe you haven't prayed for it for very long. But have you been asking God for something? I felt God lay this on my heart just this afternoon. If you've been asking God for something, if you've been praying for something, I feel that I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. And it comes straight for our text from Ezekiel. I haven't even talked about the whole story of Ezekiel. But it comes straight from that text. And shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. And I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. I'm going to read that again. And shall put my spirit in you, the Holy Ghost within me, and ye shall live. You have life, and I shall place you in your own land, 
Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. If you've been praying for something and you feel like maybe the Lord has spoken it into your spirit, I want to confirm that in the name of Jesus right now. Lord has spoken it. And guess what? Even though you haven't seen it come to fruition in your life, even though you don't have it quite in your hand right now, God's performed it. And you need to receive it in your spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't we lift our hands and love the Lord for just a moment.